0: Thanks for tuning in with us today um, because of the weather, which we have weather every day, but not quite like we're having it today. I have chose to uh, record this afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and try to keep everyone safe tomorrow. We will try to notify you and let you know in advance so you don't show up here Sunday morning. Uh, we're so grateful for you to take time to view the broadcast today. And, and I, my prayer is, is that you will be uh, warm and, and content to be in your home and in God's presence as we uh, venture into another message on how to be happy. And one of those ways of being happy is uh, not being outside at 25 below. Windshield factor. And I chose to think about that for a moment when literally in 10 to 15 minutes, it's the wrong place at the wrong time, you could get frostbite, which could affect you the rest of your life. Uh, I chose to uh, go ahead and do the recording today, and, and uh, it will be available to you um, Sunday morning. Of course, we've got to try to do some humor, and, and uh, we're into that cool part of winter. So how do mountains stay warm in winter? Have you ever thought about that? How does a mountain stay warm in winter? It's really simple. They just put on their snow caps. And so if you're going out, uh, you can act like a mountain and put on your snow cap. How do polar bears make their bed? How do polar bears make their bed? They make them with sheets of ice and blankets of snow. Sounds to me like they can listen to the weatherman as well. Which is faster, hot or cold? It has to be hot because you can catch a cold relatively easy. (laughs) Yeah, I know they're bad, but at least you're grinning inside, maybe not on the outside, but uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5 is part of the Beatitudes, and that's where we're at on how to be happy, how do we find happiness, and uh, I think it's important that we desire God more than anything else, and the Beatitudes was spoken to the disciples. And so it's a Christian sermon, if you would, a sermon to Christians. And we uh, recognize it as being very, very valuable. Blessed are those who mourn, verse 4, chapter 5, verse 4. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day that you've given us. I thank you, Lord, that folks can tune in and we can gather together in video time and sharing of the love of God. And Lord, I pray you'd bring comfort to the inner heart of those that are listening today. And Lord, that you would bring a spirit of encouragement, that the joy of the Lord would be their strength, that they would be empowered to serve God even in the difficult days, difficult weather, difficult circumstances of life. God, you're greater Than anything we may be going through, and we thank you, Lord, that you are always there for us. Lord, I pray you bless those who've been praying for the church, giving their finances. God, that you would just multiply back to them in their faithfulness and giving of their talents, of their resources. God, thank you for those who have gathered together in this building many times over, and have brought blessings to this community. And Lord, I thank you for the privilege. Present the Word of God today for your glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. <laughs> I trust that, that I, I can hear that from your home tomorrow morning. This is a beautiful song. And look uh, with, with this beatitude, when we look at this beatitude you you say, Well, how can you be happy and mourn? And is this What is this mourning? This mourning is more than a, a bereavement of a lost loved one. This mourning is more of a spiritual uh, interaction down into your heart. Mourn over your own sins. Mourn over the sins of mankind. And, and Jesus wept over the city. Jesus wept over the concept of sin. And and we mourn, blessed are our happy are those that mourn. And uh, not necessarily does this have a, a reference to a person who has a, a a countenance that's just downcast all the time. But it's that inner heart of, of difficulty, of struggling with mourning over something. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are those who uh, sorrow uh, over sin, and there there is there is happiness. The word blessed can be translated happy, and there's two kinds of sorrow that in this mourning process there's two. When you mourn over something, there's there's two types of sorrow that's involved in that. One leads to to happiness or blessing, and the other leads to misery, and our one carries that blessing, and the other carries no blessing at all. And, and, and it's, it's a powerful, powerful thought in 2 Corinthians 7. Uh, talks about gar- godly sorrow. And when we recognize the fact that God cares for us and pours out His Spirit mightily in our lives, it is a wonderful thing. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 8, 9, and 10. Even if I cause you to sorrow by any letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, I see that my letter hurt you, but only for a little while. Yet now I am happy, not because you were made sorry, but because your sorrow led you to Repentance. For you have become sorrowful as God intended, and so were not harmed in any way by us. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. A real declaration here of sorrow that leads to Salvation is a sorrow that's connected with repentance. Worldly sorrow, on the other hand, is a sorrow that leads to death. Sorrow is an interesting concept of people who are are sorry for the things they've done or sorry for being caught. Sorrow that leads to misery. Sorrow that leads to misery. Blessed are they that mourn. And he means more than just a mourning experience, but it's those who sorrow. And Paul calls it worldly sorrow brings death. And sorrow that leads to misery is that worldly sorrow. Many sorrows shall be to the wicked. The psalmist speaks of of that concept of of the wicked will have many sorrows. And one of the greatest problems with sorrow is is that people are sorry that they get caught in their sin. They are sorry that they got caught. Not necessarily sorry for the sins that they've done, but they're, they're sorry for being caught. A thief is arrested the drug pusher is arrested and apprehended and, and put in jail and, and caught. And they're sorry that they got caught. But they're not sorry for their sin. And so there is no blessing. That is a worldly concept of being sorry that you got caught. You see, blessings only comes through the spirit of Repentance. And so if they were in sin and in crime and they were caught and they repented, then there's a blessing. But more often than not, people in our world today, the worldly sorrow, are sorry that they got caught. There's many people in prison. When I say many, I mean almost two million people in America are in prison. And half of them that would be released. If you could release half of them, if you could release a million of them, tomorrow, over half of them within three years' time would be back in prison. Why? Because they are sorry for being caught, not sorry for the sins that they've committed. It's an alarming number of people who don't learn from mistakes. They just continue to live in sorrow, and it brings death. It brings death to their life. It brings death to their family, death to their friends. And it just, it, it is an absolute mess. This sorrow does not lead to happiness, but it leads to misery. A worldly sorrow leads to misery. It it does not bring redemption. It, It does nothing to build. It just destroys. Failure of a scheme. Some people will scheme at making a living. An individual had a car and it was wrecked. And so he went and had the body shop just, just he said, just paint it up. Just make it look good. They said, but the frame's been. He said, I don't care. Well, I'll just sell it the way it is. And so he got it fixed up without fixing the frame. The buyer looks at the car, takes it to a mechanic. He says, ah, the frame's been. The buyer comes back. The seller is sorry that the sale didn't go through. He's not sorry that his scheme uh failed he's, he's sorry that it had, had failed he was wanting to get something for nothing and that is the deception the devil works through deception the devil will deceive you into believing a lie and it's important that we recognize that god is greater than our sorrow in first corinthians chapter 3 verse 19 it says god catches the wise in their craftiness When the world does crafty things to take advantage of other people, God said they will be found out eventually. And you see, God holds the record for all of us. He's the one who who provides for us. The psalmist says, he who digs a hole and scoops it out will fall in the pit made by himself. But he will fall into it himself. And, And we've got to recognize that there are people out there that scheme to do bad things. And it will all come back to them in time. We don't have to hold vengeance against them. Let leave vengeance in the hands of God. And God will take care of it. You see, sorrow because of consequences. Sometimes people find themselves in consequences and they're sorry for the consequences. They're not sorry for the sin they've committed. They're just sorry that they were caught. They were just sorry of the consequences that they're going to have to live with. In Acts chapter 8, in verse 18, Acts chapter 8 and verse 18. There's a scripture verse that shares with us a story about Simon. When Simon saw that the Spirit was given at the laying on of the hands of the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. Then Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. Sorry for the consequences. He's sorry that he's going to have to pay a price. But he's not sorry for offering the money to obtain spiritual power to lay hands on people to receive the Holy Spirit. How evil he was, and how unbelievable people are when it comes to owning up to their sin and realizing that they're more often than not they are just sorry because there's consequences that have to be paid. You know, you could smoke a pack a day of cigarettes and and quit and eventually come down with possible lung cancer and God can forgive you for the sins that you've committed but the consequence of lung cancer still follows it not always, sometimes God delivers completely, other times God takes us through it, but the consequences for sin, there is always a consequence for sin, and more often than not, it's not just the individual who sins that has the problem and has to pay for difficult times, but those around them also go through difficult times with them there is a sorrow that leads to misery because of the consequence of suffering. But sorrow that God speaks about in his word here is that the attitude is is that it's about a sorrow that leads to happiness. The second half of this is what leads to happiness. The worldly sorrow brings misery. It brings death. But there is a sorrow that leads to happiness. Paul recognizes that in that scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. It is a wonderful, wonderful verse of scripture that God put together for you and I to recognize the fact that we can have victory in Christ, that all things work together for good to those who love God and call according to his purpose. That's God's plan, and he wants to bless us immensely. For you see, godly sorrow brings repentance and leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Godly sorrow brings repentance. And that's the key to this happiness concept. The Corinthians uh, sorrow eventually led to a happiness because it, it was born out of conviction. They were convicted of their sin. Blessed are those who are ashamed of themselves and of their shabby character and their meanness of conduct. That's what that sorrow is. Godly sorrow is, is translated into uh, ashamed of oneself, ashamed of the sin. Sorrow for sin is an evidence of returning to health. <clears throat> when the sinner begins to realize, or the Christian begins to realize, you know, I've been doing things that are not godly. They are sinful and I need to correct it. That is the beginning of returning to Christian health. Health begins to come alive when people begin to con- are convicted of their sin and begin to say, I need to get things right. People who are deeply convicted of their sin will come to the Savior and come with repentant hearts. The type of sorrow that leads to happiness is those who have a conviction, I need to get this right. Sorrow that is expressed. Sorrow that is is expressed from the heart. To mourn is a strong word. It is more than just, I don't feel good. It is a a quickening of the soul. It is that grief that goes deep inside that no one can experience it. Sometimes it shows up on the outside. It can't be totally concealed. People see through their eye, through the heartache. They see the pain that's there, and it confesses uh, a changed life. Those who come to God with that mournful heart, And have that ability to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Have that conviction. When they confess, there's a change of life. But with people who are in the world, they don't want to own up to their sins. But the Christian owns up to his sin. He feels a conviction that he has to get it right. And through confession, through confession of our sins to God, things begin to take hold. Things begin to change. And it's a life that is really awesome. David was a man after God's own heart. But David had a problem with lust. When he looked at his neighbor and got ideas of taking her as his wife. And he went through an awful, awful time of sin in his life. In Psalms 51, David shares his heart. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. David has been presented his sin by the prophet Nathan. And David is owning up to the sin that he has committed. A grievous sin. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. You desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the innermost parts. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy of gladness and let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all of my iniquities. Create in me a pure heart, O God. And renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence. Or take your Holy Spirit from me. But restore. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways. And sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God. The God who saves me. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips. And my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifices or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then there will be righteous sacrifices Whole burnt offerings to delight you. but bulls will be offered on your altar. David is broken before God. David is repenting. Saying, oh God, forgive me where I have sinned. I have truly sinned. And I need your forgiveness. And that is the greatest key of all life. Is to own up to our sins. Through a changed life, sorrow. Which God uses changes our heart and leads us to salvation. A righteous sorrow brings us to salvation. Young man will go about sinning and sinning and sinning and not think about the effect that he's having on other people, not think about the consequences of his sin, until he sees a friend. Who gets in trouble with drugs and eventually it takes his life and the friend looks at that and he begins to speak to him in his inner heart I didn't realize how evil that is I had no idea and I found myself playing with this thing. I have to get rid of this you see sometimes it takes seeing a friend destroyed by the things of this world, by the sins of this world, to suddenly get a hold of our attention that we are in sin and we need to get out. We need to ask God to forgive us. We need to come to a spirit of repentance. We need to let godly sorrow take its toll on our lives. Sorrow that is blessed. Jesus said, Blessed are they that mourn. Blessing or happy. And there's things that will help us get through life and recognize this true happiness of this blessing that God has for those who mourn. First is forgiveness of sin. First John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You see... No people who mourn over their sins can know the comfort unless they seek forgiveness. Those who mourn over their sin, they mourn over their activity. There has to be this ability to be comforted because of forgiveness. Forgiveness is what God's plan is for sin. He doesn't plan for you to continue to sin the rest of your life. He wants you to be set free he wants you to be lifted up he wants you to come into a loving relationship see the love of christ says i forgive you peace that passes all understanding can be yours as you seek the face of god if we confess our sins it's all about us having to admit hey i'm a sinner and lord he is faithful god you are faithful to forgive my sins so lord i confess my sins And you will cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Anything I've ever done that's not right in your sight, you will forgive me because I confess, Lord Jesus, you are Lord. I confess my sins to you. You see, there's a restoration of fellowship. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The devil don't want you to believe that you can be forgiven of all your sins. Your old flesh will tell you God can't do that. But the Spirit of God will supersede the devil. The Spirit of God will supersede your flesh and tell you you're forgiven as you follow the Word of God. And there is restoration of fellowship one with another. It's a beautiful thing when God's Holy Spirit convinces you of your forgiveness. David lusted, led to murder. David's lust led to difficult times. And... And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to come to repentance when the prophet said, you've got to get things right. There was a restoration. He prayed for restoration. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit. Verse 12 of Psalm 51. He says, God, I I want to be restored. And there is a restoration of the soul. That God forgives of sin. God empowers. And, and his sorrow leads to confession. Godly sorrow leads to confession. And we must recognize that God cares for us and wants us to walk in the spirit of forgiveness. It wants us to, to ask forgiveness for our sins, but then walk in the spirit of forgiveness towards others as well. You see, sorrow leads to confession, which leads to forgiveness. And forgiveness leads to restoration and fellowship with God and man. That is a powerful concept. Sorrow leads to confession. And confession leads to forgiveness. And forgiveness leads to restoration of fellowship with God. It's it's an amazing thing. And strengthening of our character. The strengthening of our character. Happy are those who know the sorrow means... Because it will bring character and comfort to you. Happy. Happy is that one. So there's a strengthening of character that takes place when we ask forgiveness. When we walk in the grace of God. God has an ability to give you courage. God has the ability to give you hope. God can turn a sickness around. God can turn sorrow into joy because... You've walked in a spirit of forgiveness. You said, God, forgive me of my sins. We know that in all things, God works for good to those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. Not everything is good that happens in our life, but God in his grace and his mercy can work things out to bring them to good. God uses sorrow to build godly character. He allows that to work through our spirit. Blessed are those who mourn god builds character and god brings comfort god brings comfort jesus said that those who mourn shall be comforted i love this verse of scripture i love this verse shall be comforted in studying that word that word more about being soothing and comfy like a like a blanket or a pillow it's more of a comfort of Gracing of strength, God giving us strength, God giving us courage, God empowering us, God giving us uh, friendships and and building in that, in the companionship with God. That is the comfort. When you know that God has your back, when you know that you're in the camp with God, you know that there's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, two-thirds of the angels in heaven pulling for you, you realize that you have a powerful strength. In being in God's presence and there's a comfort in knowing those things only those who enter into the abundance of God's life receive the blessing of divine comfort i i uh, am empowered by the, the scriptures how they they speak to us and bring tremendous strength into us in Romans chapter 14 and verse 17 uh, it is a powerful statement here. It says. For the kingdom of God. Is not a matter of eating and drinking. But of righteousness. Peace and joy. In the Holy Spirit. What is it all about? It's about righteousness. It's peace and joy. In the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the counselor. The paraclete. The one who comes and stands alongside. you. He is the comforter. And there is a comfort. That happens because of the power of God. Sorrow that leads to comfort. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is the great comforter. And brings peace to us. Over a hundred years ago. The Pennsylvania Rail Road, There was a tremendous accident. Two trains collided. Several people died. One engineer remained alive. And he was the one caused the accident he went into a very mournful a very disturbed psychological difficulty he had a difficult time carrying on conversation he was very distraught over all those people that had perished because of his mistake And the president of the Railroad Company, Mr. Atterbury, he heard about this engineer and how he was extremely distraught. And he asked for this engineer to come to his office. The engineer thought, well, this is my last day. He's going to fire me. He goes into the engineer's office. He greets him, puts his arm around This old engineer puts his arm around his shoulder. He said, we've had a streak streak of really bad luck, haven't we? And as he spoke those words, tears dwelled up within the eyes of that engineer. Tears dwelled up within the eyes of the president. And for several moments, they stood there just weeping together. Finally, the president got his ability to speak back. He said, I want you to know something, sir. You've been an engineer for us and you've done a good job. Yes, we've had some bad days, but you have gone through some very times and very difficult times of trouble. I want you to know that every employee in this company, I know what they're going through at times and I am troubled with you. I just wanted you to know that there's no individual that works here that is troubled, that I'm not troubled also. And they left company. The engineer went on to do his job. He regained the ability to speak clearly and to have pure thoughts. There was a process of healing that took place that day. Healing through tears. They mourned the loss of the difficult days. But because a boss believed in his employees, because a boss cares about someone enough to cry with them in their time of sorrow, in their time of difficulty, in their time of trouble, to walk through the valley of death, the shadow of death, The fearing of evil. We don't have to fear evil. We have a God who puts his arm around us. Who cries with us. Who helps us. In every situation. And that behooves us to be people of character. People who are willing to say hey. I hurt with you. And to encourage people to walk to Jesus. To know that Jesus is the one. Who takes blessing makes blessing out of a heavy spirit. There's nothing too difficult that God can't fix. We just have to release our situation to him and watch him do a miracle. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for this day that you've given us. And Lord, blessed are those who mourn. And today we have a better understanding of that. Mourning over the sins of mankind. Mourning over our own sin. But when we do something with that. And we come to a spirit of confession of our sins. And we confess our sins to you. Then Lord the joy of the Lord. The happiness that only comes through knowing our sins are forgiven. God you comfort us with the presence of the Holy Spirit. You comfort us with with your word and you comfort us with brothers and sisters in Christ who's willing to put an arm around our shoulder and say, we'll do it together. We'll believe God for a miracle. We we know that God can work out all things. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. And Lord, because we are blessed, we want to say thank you for blessing Israel today. Lord, bless the leaders of Israel. May they make good choices. And Lord, bless the leaders of America. May they make good choices. And Lord, may we make good choices as we pray every day, as we read the word every day, knowing, God, that you can bring healing to the brokenhearted. Knowing, God, that there's somebody that can use an encouraging word. And Lord, help us to break out of our comfort zone, make a phone call, speak a scripture verse, and say, I've been thinking about you. I want you to know you're loved. God. Those are invaluable words to speak to someone who's going through a difficult day. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you for the peace that you give us. Thank you for the precious Holy Spirit that you have sent to us. That as we pray in the Spirit, we pray the perfect will of God. As we pray in the Spirit, we communicate. And God, you release the feeling deep inside of us. And there is a joy that comes from the throne room of God. That only you can give. There is a peace that only you can give. There is a hope that only you can give. Lord Jesus. And Lord Jesus you told us to keep our eyes alert. For the return of Christ was going to be like a thief in the night. Lord Jesus may we always keep our eye open for the return of of your coming to this world. The rapture of the church. The catching away of the bride. Lord Jesus we look forward to the rapture. But until then. Help us Lord to be the salt. And the light in this world. To be a blessing to others. That others. Will find the blessings. In the mourning process. That joy comes. Happiness comes. To those who seek the Lord. There's a tremendous benefit in seeking you. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done today in our hearts and our lives. You've challenged us, Lord, to live closer to you and to be a friend that loves at all times. God, thank you for loving us. Give us the ability to love others. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God bless you, friends. It's been good having you here with us today and uh, trust that things go well. Lord willing, Temperature's supposed to be up in the 20s, a bombing 20s on Wednesday, so possibly we'll uh, be able to open up Wednesday night at church, 7 o'clock. Next Sunday, the Lord willing, we'll be open again. Thank you for taking time to listen, and may you be blessed, and may your days be full of God's peace and joy. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.